Welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. Your co-host, Jay Chima, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire, the Puma. Welcome in, brother, man. How are you? I'm doing good, man. We took uh, we took last week off. We had to do some stuff in our personal lives, but it's good to be back in the saddle and another episode of recording in daylight. Like, I, I like this a lot. Like, this is this is this is good, but, you know, I'm, I'm happy uh, to be back in the saddle. And I mean, what, what is it, Jay? Like less than less than 14 days out of the draft, 10 days or so. Like it's, it's, uh, it's that uh, time of the year. It's uh, next Thursday. Today's Wednesday. We're recording on the 19th. So we got what? Uh, a week and a day. So eight days away. Nice. Let's go. Single How are you doing, Jay? How's things up in Seabus, Columbus, Ohio? I'm good. I'm good. I'm enjoying the nice, beautiful weather we have here. It's getting much nicer day by day. The days are getting longer. I'm happy all the way around. Nice. How about you, man? How are you doing in Connecticut? Good, man. Good. You know, uh, we had some uh, little mini heat wave a couple of a couple of a uh, couple of days ago last week, and uh, now it's like back in the 40s. So I'm, I'm I'm already over this nonsense. But yeah, you know, springtime is here, the summer's here, and you know, I know how you feel about the dark and gloomy weather. Uh, you know, bright brighter days are ahead, Jay. Just hold out. <laughs> almost there. Almost there. All right. So today is since we're so close to the. Um... To the NFL Draft, today is the Pro Football Radio Mock Draft 1.0. Um, we're going to be picking uh, picks 1 through 16. We don't really do the whole first round. I mean, ultimately, the most fun is usually in the first half of the draft. Um, a lot of the crazy stuff happens there. So, you know, we do this every year. Uh, most years, we don't hit at all. <laughs> most, year, most years, it's just a, a crapshoot, as most people can see for themselves when the draft comes around. But you know, this year we're gonna actually have dra- we're gonna have trades in our uh, in our draft as well. So you had the honors of picking number one overall. So we're gonna kick it off with you first. Who do you have the Carolina Panthers taking? So, and I wish we had that little ringer. Yes, yes, but the uh, the NFL will probably be on our ass in a cocaine heartbeat for like yep. using their their sound. But uh, at the uh, Pro Football Radio podcast mock draft 1.0. The Carolina Panthers are on the clock, and they waste no time putting this pick in. Carolina Panthers select first overall quarterback Bryce Young, Alabama. Um, You know, there's been a lot of back and forth between whether it's going to be him or uh, or C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. I'm sorry, the Ohio State University. Um, I mean, I was kind of leaning that way, Jay. I'm not going to lie. I saw this weird stat that uh, Frank Reich has never had a quarterback uh, under six feet, four, four inches or six feet, three inches during his mm-hmm. coaching tenure. But to me, I mean, Bryce Young seems to be the, the slam dunk guy, the number one prospect in this draft, despite his height, the Panthers have a decent offensive line. They're, they're young. I mean, they, they, they kind of went after that position in the last couple of drafts, um, but they seem to have gelled down the stretch. And I think, given the veteran weapons that they have, uh, you know, Hayden Hurst, I believe signed there in free agency. Adam Thielen's going to be there. Uh, They have a a young core of players and a decent defense. And plus I'm biased. It's Frank Reich. He's going to make it work. Um, I think Bryce Young is going to thrive not only on this team, but let's be honest, a weak NFC South and by weak is being kind. Um, So this this is definitely – a winnable division for a rookie quarterback and, and a new head coach. So give me Bryce, give me all the Bryce Young stock on this one. There you go. They got their quarterback of the future. Okay, moving on to number two, the Houston Texans, my pick. I'm going to take CJ Stroud here from the Ohio State University. Um, now, 
in a in a weird world where things get nuts, I can't see the Houston Texans punting on this pick here. Uh, you mentioned mm-hmm. this a couple of times via text. We can see, you know, most people believe one, two are going to be quarterbacks and three is where the draft really starts. But there is a scenario where the Houston Texans are taking calls for that number two overall pick and they could move off of that. So if somebody really likes, you know, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, whoever it is, they can come up and, uh, and try to take that guy. But for the time being, I think they do like CJ Stroud enough to draft him. Um, the Texans have been looking for a franchise quarterback for a while now, ever since Deshaun Watson left Houston. Um, CJ Stroud himself got a good frame. Um, good touch on the ball, good velocity on the football. He does lack some intangibles. Um, as being a resident Ohio State fan, I watch him for two years straight now, so I, I know where his pitfalls are. Um, but if you put him in a system where he feels valued, which is key in all of this, he has some, I don't want to say trust issues, but he definitely needs to know, you know, whoever is drafting him has his best interest at heart. And if you do provide that for him, then I think from there, the guy's the sky's the limit for this kid. So if he's mentally right and he's got the support he needs, he can do really great things in the NFL. Nice. Love it. Yes. Now, number three, your pick for the Arizona Cardinals. This is where a lot of people have a trade happening. Do you have a trade happening here? You're goddamn right. I have a trade happening here, Jay. Uh, and let's be honest. It came out a couple of a couple of days ago that you know the, I, I think the Arizona Cardinals put it out there just to drum up some business that at least six teams were in the running to to trade up for the spot. In reality, I think it's probably about two, you know three teams tops that were in the spot to trade up, and we're gonna have the Las Vegas Raiders trading up to number three. Uh, a couple of people, uh, notably uh, Ben Albright uh, on Twitter. Uh, he also covers the Denver Broncos NFL Insider. Uh, also pre-Twitter meltdown, Ben Albright. But Oof. that being said, is he all right? Um, <laughs> I think he is okay. Uh, love, love you, Ben. I'm, I'm not taking shots at you. I hope you're doing better. But um, he was one of the first people uh, banging that drum that the Raiders could be on the move uh, for the draft board. And I think it's going to happen. Um, honestly, we're just messing around with the trade compensation to have the trade go through. So this isn't like a blind, this is just a dart throw at this point, just to get it to happen. Oh, uh, accepted. Did get accepted. <laughs> we did the, uh, the pre, uh, the pre-show to see how this would work out. But I have the Raiders trading up to number three and I have the Raiders selecting quarterback Anthony Richardson from the university of Florida uh, you know, he looked great at the combine. He looked great at the pro day. He probably has the strongest arm out of this draft class. Uh, let's be honest. He has the highest ceiling out of this draft class, a big frame, uh, a lot, you know, reminiscent of uh, Cam Newton when, uh, when he came out of college out of Auburn. But there's also an argument that could be made. Uh, this, this guy has the lowest ceiling, uh, lowest mm-hmm. floor, I should say, out of all the quarterbacks in the draft. But for me, you're in the AFC West. It's a hard division. You, you know, even with the Denver Broncos being the Denver Broncos, if he's able to sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo and, and take the time to learn the system that Josh McDaniels wants to do and to find, you know, fine tune the, you know, intermediate passing throws, uh, you couple that with his legs, especially with the offensive line of the Raiders, he's going to have to use those legs to, to, you know, essentially stay alive. Let's be honest. But in this division with Patrick Mahomes, like, you're going to need firepower to keep up. And, you know, in theory, he pans out. You know, he has a cannon of an arm, stretch the field with uh, Devontae Adams. Uh, you know, I think, this, you know, this could be a good move for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. And, 
I mean, let's be honest. It's also kind of like a prototypical Raider pick, you know, when Al Davis was alive, like the quarterback to throw the ball a country mile and Anthony Richardson could throw the ball a country mile. So silver and black, Anthony Richardson, Las Vegas Raiders. Yes, sir. Okay. Number four, I have the Indianapolis Colts taking Will Levis. They finally find their quarterback. It's been five, six years in a row. They have a new quarterback every single year. Uh, it's been basically a rotating door at quarterback and they've got to find the guy for the future. Now, Will Levis himself, 6'4", 229 pounds, massive arm. He has a massive body. He's physically imposing. His arm, you know, he can throw into tight windows. He can throw downfield. The only concern with him is some of his fundamentals and his accuracy kind of can be spotty. You know, there's a reason why he left Penn State, had to go to Kentucky. And at Kentucky, we thought he's going to have a, a great, you know, year that's going to propel him to the number one overall pick. But he's he's kind of been hit and miss, and a lot of it comes down a lot of it comes down to the details of his of his game. Um, you know, I mentioned his footwork and his and his accuracy. So hopefully that's something that he can work on in the NFL. Now in this scenario, Puma, I have you know the the Colts taking Will Levis, but I can also see this being another potential spot where somebody can move up and take somebody. Right? I think the Colts are maybe open for business, and a lot of these quarterbacks here, besides Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. They're kind of developmental guys. So I can see a scenario where a lot of these teams are thinking, you know what, next year's quarterback draft is much stronger. Let's go ahead and punt this year and, and you know, play for next year, essentially. Yeah, I can buy that. And, you know, also in the ultimate let's get nuts scenario, Jay, we were talking about this in pre-show. You know, I can also see the Colts, you know, Jim Irsay being Jim Irsay, you know, mm -hmm. potentially trading this pick to Baltimore to get Lamar Jackson mm. or – the other one, which I think is less likely to happen out of the two, I mean, honestly, I don't see Jim Irsay doing it, but it's Jim Irsay. It's not beyond the realm. But I can also see them, punt, like you said, Jay, punting on this quarterback class. But the problem is, is Chris Ballard will probably be out of a job. So he won't be around to pick Caleb Williams first overall or Drake May first overall next year in, uh, in the draft. But I can definitely see that happening. If they were open for business, I can see maybe Tennessee trying to jump up and get into that into that market to get a quarterback. Uh, but you know, I think this is a, another second trading spot for a couple other teams. Okay, at number five, who do you have the Seattle Seahawks taken? Number five, we're going to go on the defensive side of the football. The Seattle Seahawks select Tyree Wilson, edge rusher, Texas Tech. Um, Will Anderson has kind of been de deemed like the air quote, the safer pick out of this draft class, especially with, you know, I don't uh, think so with Carter, right. With Carter having his uh, fall from grace per se with the off field issues with the, you know, the, the death after the, you know, the national championship game with, with an auto accident and being out of shape at the combine. But Tyree Wilson uh, to me presents the most upside out of this draft. He's got a big frame. He can still put on uh, a, a bit more mass. And I think he would be great on this defense. The Seattle Seahawks, you know, address the interior defensive line in free agency a little bit. Um, I think if you, you throw Tyree Wilson in there, uh, he has the most upside. And I, I think it would be fun on the defensive side of the football to see, uh, see this can work. In an NFC West where you have like Joey Bosa and Eric Armstead and all that nonsense and, you know, see him try to get after Trent Williams on the offensive line. So that would be, yeah. uh, that'd be fun to watch. So uh, next up at the Lions at number six, um, they're going to go defense here because their offense is fairly set. Um, they have issues stopping uh, stopping people, so they're going to go on defense here. But I was up in the air between Christian Gonzalez and Jalen Carter, uh, mostly because I believe you know Christian Gonzalez is a safer pick here because of Jalen Carter's off the field issue that kind of arose the last couple of weeks. But 
you know, I just can't pass up the talent of Jalen Carter. Like uh, the the guy is six, what four, six three, three hundred fourteen pounds. Can line up anywhere on the defensive line. Can play three tackle. Th- I'm sorry, uh, three uh, three down tackle. He can be. He can basically wreak havoc. He reminds me of a young Aaron Donald, and I know that's high praise, but his motor is there, and you know his work ethic seems to be there. So I am going to have the Lions taking Jalen Carter here, with the caveat being the Lions system has to be strong enough to mold this young man. Obviously, he has some off the field issues. Um, and, and I'm hoping he's over that now. So hopefully that's something that the Lions can um, can help mold for him, help him, help, help him out, you know? Yeah. Now, for the Lions, like in, in reality, Lane, do, do you see them potentially being in the business of getting a quarterback? So let's say one of the guys falls. Let's say Will Levis is sitting there. I think it's going to be one, two, three for the most part. But if it does get nuts, I can see them kicking the can on, on basically, you know, talking about if a quarterback is worthy or not. Um, let's be real. Jared Goff has, what, one, two more good years in him, right? And he's always spotty. He's always up and down. So I can see them potentially taking a quarterback to, if, if somebody's available. Do you? Yeah, for sure. Whether or not it's, you know, they they take it here or maybe they, you know, we'll, we'll get to it towards the end of the draft as being a team that might trade back into the first round and get a quarterback. Um, but I, I definitely see it as a possibility. But my gut kind of says they'll, they'll take Christian Gonzalez at cornerback just to shore up the secondary because, you know, from a betting perspective, they were the over team you always wanted to target because their defense mm-hmm. really couldn't stop anything. However, after they did fire that cornerbacks coach midway through the season, it got they, better. Like this, the secondary did get better. So, mm-hmm. like, I think, you know, you throw him in there, Gonzalez, that, that would be a, a really massive boost for uh for the lines but i mean jalen carter you can't go wrong either just like you said the potential upside if he's able to right the ship yes sir all right number seven who you got here seven the arizona cardinals trade down and they get the guy they've wanted anyways even if they were still going to be picking number three they're going to be taking will anderson edge rusher from alabama now like i said a lot of people seem to deem him as the safer pick in the draft per se you know jay and i aren't really in a in agreement with that but um, I do think they take Will Anderson. I mean, J.J. Watt retired. That defense needs a, a big overhaul. Honestly, the Cardinals are in a rebuilding year, as funny as it sounds, with that uh, albatross of a contract they just gave to Kyler Murray. But, you know, Gannon, the, the new head coach, the former defensive coordinator for the Eagles, I think he'll be able to use Will Anderson Jr. as a building block on that defense for years to come. So give me Will Anderson out of Alabama. Nice. At number eight, I've got the Falcons taking a little bit of a project here in Miles Murphy from Clemson, the edge rusher. Now, just like we're talking about um, AR-15, how he's going to be a boom and bust kind of guy, same thing here with Miles Murphy. You know, he's 6'5", 258 pounds, and he is producing at the college level strictly based off of his physical skill sets, right? Uh, ultimately, the NFL game is more of a tactician game. You got to learn your skill sets. You've got to basically repeat reps over and over again and basically become a, a master of the, of the of the trade. So he's going to have to learn, and it's going to be a little bit of a process. I mean, you know, he's still one or two years away from actually contributing to a team, but if the Falcons pour some resources and effort into him, I think this could, could be phenomenal, man. Like, we're talking like, like meet between... J.J. Watt's size and um, Von Miller's like speed and quickness. Like he is that kind of like athletic freak that can become something massive for the Atlanta Falcons. But it will take a little bit of time and effort for those guys. Nice, nice. Who do you got at number nine? Taking that with Chicago Bears. 
Now, in the real life draft, I think this is where the offensive tackle run begins because this is a the offensive tackle position is it's it's really weak this year. Not weak in talent, but just in depth. I guess is the right way to put it. And for the Chicago Bears, the first offensive lineman that's going to be off the board is going to be Peter Skoranek, offensive tackle, Northwestern. Uh, normally played on the outside. I believe he played uh, left uh, left tackle, but. You know, a couple of people were saying his arms are a little short uh, compared to the rest of the guys in the in the uh, in the draft this year, so that could potentially provide an issue uh, down the road. Uh, but a lot of people have been saying, you know, he is uh, he, he can't pretty much play any position on the offensive line. He can be kicked inside and be a guard. Um, Pete Prisco, I know he's kind of a troll a bit on uh, on Twitter for CBS, but he made a comp and looking at this kid's tape, I can kind of see it. Uh, if they move him inside, he could potentially be, you know, his comp would be Zach Martin from the Dallas Cowboys. And I think that's a, that's a fair assessment. And I mean, the the Bears pretty much planned their flag with the, with Justin Fields and Justin Fields down the stretch seemed to have unlocked and got a grasp of the offense down this last year. But the offensive line got him killed on many of a, an occasion. They're going to have to protect the investment. I think Peter Skoranek, uh, Skoransky is going to be uh, the, the building block that this offensive line is going to need. Yeah. Okay. Number 10, I got the Philadelphia Eagles picking here and, you know, there's a lot of great talent still left on the board here. we got Paris Johnson. We've got, you know, Christian Gonzalez, Broderick Jones, but I'm going to get a little nuts here. This is a little outside the realm of possibility just because I think Harry Roseman is going to take B. John Robinson here and we're going to have the first big shock of the NFL draft, right? Um, you know, B. John Robinson's, B. John Robinson's probably going to go a little bit lower, you know, running backs are a little devalued. But I think with how far along the Eagles are, putting him into that running attack with Jalen Hurts could be lethal. Like, I mean, Bijan Robinson is the kind of guy that can, you know, run 30 times a game. He can run 15 times a game. He can catch 25 times a game. He can catch four times a game. He really is a jack of all trades, and his athleticism is off the charts. Now, ultimately, you know, Bijan Robinson is not going to carry you to the Super Bowl. So, like, if somebody like the, you know, the Atlanta Falcons or even the Cardinals have so many needs, you know, beating Robinson doesn't make any sense for them for, but for the Eagles coming off a Super Bowl appearance and being so close to winning, I think he could be that, that final piece needed to get him over the hurdle. Nice. Love it. I love the let's get nuts scenarios. And I mean, honestly, Jay, like they just got rid of Miles Sanders. They, 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 even used him like I, you know Bichon is a savage out of texas so and this I, is I where somebody and this is somewhere this is a place where i can see devin witherspoon going or, or christian gonzalez truthfully but mm-hmm. Bijan in that offense with jalen yeah that, that'd be nice mm-hmm. love it all right the tennessee titans are on the clock and they're going Paris Johnson Jr., offensive tackle, the Ohio State University. A lot of Let's people, go. Jay, you know, you can uh, add any analysis uh, as well, too, on this one because you, you, you've you seen this kid uh, from the jump. Uh, a lot of people, and a lot of people rightfully so, in my opinion, have Paris Johnson as the number one offensive tackle prospect in the draft this year. Uh, super versatile. I, I believe, you know, he can play pretty much anywhere on the line. Uh, he's going to be an all pro in the future. And a couple of people had his, uh, had a comp of his as, you know, Andrew Thomas coming out a couple of years ago. Uh, so I like the, uh, the Tennessee Titans fixing that offensive line, whether or not it's going to be Tannehill or some other quarterback behind there that he's protecting that's open to debate, but they start protecting the investment back there with Paris Johnson jr. 
Yeah, he, he's an absolute freak, bro. Um, you know, he's 6'6", 310, which is light for a 6'6 frame. He can pack on probably another 20, 30 pounds and still be athletic to get out and kick block and, you know, set up run blocks and all that stuff. So he's a physical freak, in my opinion. He can run. He can move. Um, you know, some of his downsides are, you know, he can still work on his, uh, his some of his uh, technique, but eventually that's something that a lot of these kids will learn in the NFL. So, yeah, good, good pick for the, for the Titans, man. All right, at number 14, Puma, I have the Houston Texans taken Jackson, Smith, and Jigba oh! from the Ohio State University. And since it's so hard to say his name, I'm just, so, just going to call him JSN, right? It's so much easier. So he he's going to get paired up with CJ Stroud in this mock draft. And I think, you know, essentially the Houston Texans will have, you know, their cornerstone on offense for the next, you know, 10 years, in my opinion, if they both don't pan out. Um Jackson Smith and Jigba, he's not a burner down the field, but he's one of those guys that reminds me of Julian Edelman, where the team, where the the shiftiness, the quickness in and out of his routes are just next level. Uh, his three cone drill was off the charts. He has quickness in bursts. Um, he doesn't have top end speed like I mentioned, but him and CJ Stroud on that offense could be something deadly. Nice, love it, love it. All right. The New York Jets are on the clock now. This is also assuming that the New York Jets do not trade their first their first round pick to Green Bay to get Aaron Rodgers. Let's just assume they still have it in this year's draft. Uh, the New York Jets are going to go Broderick Jones, offensive tackle, University of Georgia. Uh, this is more of a pick, assuming Makai Becton is not going to be ready for the upcoming season. Uh, you know, he's already last year he was already chirping about wanting a contract extension. Uh, in line with some of the top tier offensive linemen in the NFL. The, the, the issue with Makai is, you know, he hasn't been healthy throughout his short career in the NFL thus far. Um, but I think Broderick Jones, you know, another stud in a, in a limited offensive tackle pool. And assuming you get Aaron Rodgers, you're going to have to protect his, you know, AARP ass back there. So um, <laughs> let's go Broderick Jones, Georgia Bulldog offensive tackle. All right, next up, I've got the my New England Patriots, if you can see my shirt here. Mm -hmm. um, so, obviously, team needs, one of the biggest team needs we have for the Patriots is going to be cornerback. And with, you know, Devin Witherspoon and Christian Gonzalez sitting there, more likely than not, um, Bill Belichick's going to go for a cornerback one. But in my fandom, I would like them to take Zay Flowers here. Zay Flowers, man, this kid is so twitchy. Like, he reminds me of a young Tyreek. Or young Jalen Waddle, but maybe Tyreek is a little too much because he's not as fast as as Tyreek, but definitely Jalen Waddle. Like the way he can just burst out of his routes, the way he can get downfield, take the top off a of defense. He's the perfect guy for Bill O'Brien in that system and Mac Jones. U ultimately, you know, Zay Flowers is gonna be that final thing that Mac Jones needs to not have any more excuses. He's got the offensive coordinator now, he's gonna have his weapon in Zay Flowers. No more excuses for Mac Jones. Is there a chance, uh, you know, old man Bill Belichick trades this down yes. to like the 32nd overall pick? Yes. Yes. It's Bill Belichick. There's, there's it's a high Bill chance Belichick. of that. There's a high <laughs> chance of that. <laughs> All right. Who got the uh, Packers taken here? The Green Bay Packers with the uh, fifth overall pick do the ultimate troll job on Aaron Rodgers <laughs> and they take. Wide receiver 
Quentin Johnston from TCU. Uh, he was an anchor point uh, for this uh, TCU offense that went to the national championship game against Georgia and, you know, absolutely got the teeth kicked in. But he was great in the big, you know, in the, in the, uh, in the league, the big 12, uh, absolute stud. Uh, big guy. Some people say he's, you know, he's going to run under like a 440 in the in, in the NFL. I, I don't see it that way. He's a big frame guy. He's a big body. Um, he can really get the 50-50 ball. Uh, and I think, you know, a comp that I've heard is he's kind of compared to uh, to T. Higgins of the of the Cincinnati Bengals. And I think you pair him with Romeo Dobbs and a Christian Watson who was really coming along last year, and a young quarterback in in Jordan Love who I've been – I was high on a couple of years ago when he came out of the draft. I think we're going to see 2019, uh, 2018 Jordan Love uh, from Utah State uh, in the NFL. We saw flashes of that in a limited start uh, when Aaron Rodgers got hurt against the Eagles, and I think this is going to be an offensive, uh, you know, alignment that's going to be that's going to be fun to watch. And, and uh, let's be honest, a week – NFC conference. Uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of wild that the Detroit Tigers, I mean, sorry, the Detroit lions, I've been watching a lot of baseball, Jay, the Detroit <laughs> lions are the chalk pick to win the division. But I think with, with this team and the coaching staff and the quarterback, that's going to be buying into what, you know, LaFleur wants to do offensively. Uh, I think Quentin Johnson could be fun to watch as a big red zone target for this team. All right. And then finally uh, the last draft, the last pick in our mock draft, Sorry about that. You know, in our pre-production meeting, Puma, I talked about Joey Porter Jr. Actually, you mentioned Joey Porter Jr. going to the Washington Commanders here. But as I'm sitting here looking at this, Christian Gonzalez is still there. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, this is where at number 16 and Gonzalez is still there. Yeah, I would run to the podium and take him here. I mean, the kid's 6'1", 200 pounds. He's fluid. He makes it look easy. Like he's one of those guys that has those like loose, loose hips. And I'm not talking about loose women here, but I'm ah! talking about one, <laughs> one of those guys that just like, you know, he basically turns and goes and he can play inside, outside zone. He can press, he can man, he can do whatever you need him to do. So he does have some issues with his motivation. Um, he's not one of those high motor guys. So you got to basically you know, light a fire underneath his ass to, for lack of better words. But if you have a motivated Christian Gonzalez, he could be an absolute stud. Nice. Well, he's got Jack Del Rio and uh, and Riverboat Ron Rivera to chew his ass out. But no, yeah. I love the, I love the pick here. I, I think it's going to be you know one of the team needs for this team. We pointed it out. Even Pia, the simulator we're using is you know pretty much anything like linebacker, uh, cornerback, uh, defensive line, offensive line. Uh, but I, I definitely see cornerback as one of their higher priority needs because that secondary wasn't really stopping anybody. Uh, they were yeah. towards the bottom end of the league last year as a scoring defense. And I think if you get a, like you said, a motivated guy with this coaching staff, uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be something to watch uh, in the NFC East. So, you know, the NFL draft – always has one big shock, right? And this year, you know, for the most part, I think, you know, we'll have the trade in the, in the first couple of, uh, in the first couple of picks and, you know, we'll have some action up there, but the one storyline to watch is where does Hendon Hooker go, right? Ultimately, Hendon Hooker is one of those guys who last year, if he didn't get hurt, was on track to win the Heisman, potentially win the national championship, and he could, he was on track to be a number one, two, three overall pick, right? He's going to be a top five pick no matter what. 
But his injury and his ACL is what is going to obviously make his draft stock tumble. Now, there's an opportunity here for teams to take him somewhere in the late first round, maybe get back into it, into the first round, and take him and then put him on ice for a year as he recovers from his ACL injury. Do you see a scenario where, A, he's taken somewhere higher in the first round, and let's say if he falls to where we think he's going to be drafted in the late first round, who do you think is going to draft him ultimately? Uh, I th- I, for some reason, I just can't shake this team out of my mind. I think the Tennessee Titans are going to trade back into the first round and, and get the hometown kid. Uh, I mean, Malik Willis is not the guy. Uh, you know, no disrespect to him. You know, he played at Liberty with Hugh Freeze in a very watered down offense. Uh, he could barely complete passes in the NFL level and in, in the two starts that he had. And, and, uh, you know, they, they signed a guy off the street that outperformed him by a lot, uh, on short notice last year. So, yeah. um, uh, I think he's, that's going to be the landing spot here. Uh, he'll sit behind Brian Tannehill and, and listen, like there hasn't been a bad word from any team, any NFL insider that's met with Hendon hooker here. And, you know, the knee recovery seems to be going good. And at the same time, Jay, like, it's not like ACL injuries of the past where like, you know, people's mm-hmm. careers were really in jeopardy. Like, you know, it's essentially you sit out a year or if you play, you're going to have a down year, but then you're too removed from the ACL surgeries where you start to see the performance pick back up to pre-injury status. And also like, why would you want to roll the dice, take him in the fourth in the second round, lose that fifth year option. And then you have to essentially pay him earlier. You know what I mean? Like if that pick hits, why not take him in the first round, late first round, you get that fifth year option and and you have a little bit more time with them. Uh, and then let's say he doesn't pan out. You don't have to pick up the fifth year. And, you know, he goes kind of the way of Sam Darnold. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's yeah. going to essentially be fine as an NFL starter and see the talent that should have gotten him in the top four because God knows how many millions of dollars he left on the table because of that knee injury. Yeah. And, and I can see a scenario here where some of the teams like the Baltimore Ravens are sitting at, what, 22, right? Uh, you've got the New York Giants sitting at 25 that, you know, yeah, I get the Giants just, you know, gave Daniel Jones a, a, an extension, but ultimately that contract is a two-year contract. They can, get out, they can get out of that contract in two years. So if you bring him in, he sits on ice for a year and he learns, and the second year, you know, is another year where he'll probably start midway through. What's your thoughts on maybe the New York Giants taking a, a flyer on, on Hendon Hooker? Or even the Baltimore Ravens, who need a quarterback, right? At some point, it looks like the Lamar Jackson thing is not going to not going to pan out, right? Um, out of the two teams, I, I kind of lean a little bit more more towards Baltimore. Actually, for Baltimore, I have the let's get psycho scenario where they trade up yeah. and get Anthony Richardson in the top half of the first round. But for the Giants here, I mean, I could see it happening. Like, you know, let's say DJ finally got paid and, you know, he kind of turns into a pumpkin or he doesn't live up to the contract expectations. Um, I could kind of see that happening, especially because, you know, it's Hendon Hooker has that makeup of being that guy. And I'm not taking shots at Daniel Jones. He's a team guy. He's dealt with criticism since he's been drafted and different coaching staffs and whatnot. Um, But I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's the NFL and quarterback is a premium position. And, you know, if you have a chance to get in a fifth year option, I mean, look, look at what the Packers did. I mean, some people say yeah. that torpedoed their draft and it, it was the final, you know, stick of dynamite that blew up that Aaron Rodgers bridge. But I mean, if they didn't take Jordan Love, they wouldn't have, or at least in the first round, they wouldn't have that fifth year option per se to s- see what happens this year. And if he pans out, they'll pick it up. 
and go from there. I, I think nothing there's nothing wrong with getting another quarterback in the building. I mean, some a- analysts, you know, say you should take a quarterback every year in the first round yeah. and see what happens. Um, but for the psycho scenario, yeah, why not have him go to the Giants and see what happens? And can you imagine the reports or imagine like your brother being on like welfare checks? If reports come out that like <laughs> Hooker is outperforming <laughs> Daniel Jones in practice uh, and he has essentially one knee, dude, I would I would love that. So, yeah, let's get nuts. No, let's have my, my, my brother would hardcore pivot to we got Hendon Hooker, baby. Let's go. You know what? You're right. You're right. <laughs> exactly. He's the ultimate team guy. <laughs> Fair enough. Daniel Jones, too? Hendon Hooker. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. Uh, what else you want to get to, brother, man? I mean, I don't know, Jay. I mean, we had a quarterback get paid. We have a quarterback that's on the trade block, and it's not Aaron. It's another guy besides Aaron Rodgers, and – you know, I don't know, Jay. Let's let's open it up. Let's talk about Jalen Hurts real quick and, and okay. his new contract extension and whether or not it's a good thing or a bad thing for Lamar Jackson. So, you know, uh, about forty eight hours ago, uh, the Eagles and Jalen reached a, a contract extension, uh, and he's now the highest paid uh, quarterback in, in NFL history, I believe, uh, on annual value, which. It's kind of a loaded number because the back half of the contract is funny money and it's not factoring in, you know, the uh, the rookie contract that he's currently playing on. Um, I think he's worth the money. Uh, it solidifies him as being the franchise guy because there are a lot of questions as to whether or not he was going to be the guy going forward, even going into last season. Like people had those questions of, oh, is he just going to warm the seed for like another franchise quarterback to come in via the draft? Uh, you were you were like the first one super high on him coming out of Alabama and Oklahoma. Um, so, you know, props to you. And it's probably great, kind of like a victory lap seeing him get paid. Um, but I'm well worth it. Um, Jay, I don't know what your thoughts are, but I think uh, I think he's worth every penny of this contract. And uh, I'm not too sure how that really helps Lamar Jackson, though. I think it's bad for Lamar. So, yeah, I mean, I'm happy for John Hurts. The kid is the ultimate resilient athlete like he was basically shown the door at alabama and i still think nick saban pulled the plug on that kid way too quick but you know he left alabama he went to you know oklahoma and he basically became a captain he basically led that offense he had to learn a new playbook on the fly not an easy playbook either we're talking like lincoln riley's like aerial assault offense so you know I'm happy that he got drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles and they saw something special in him. So they invested time, effort, energy, money, resources into him. And now three years later, he got to the Super Bowl and he was within a a couple of plays away from winning the Super Bowl. We both agree that I think, you know, Jalen Hurts actually outplayed Patrick Mahomes besides one throw of the pick six in the Super Bowl. So I'm happy for him. He deserves it. Now, the other side of this, you know, with Lamar Jackson, if I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm punching air. Like, if I see that, I'm, like, just slamming the desk and just punching air. But ultimately, Jalen Hurts had a had an agent here who negotiated on his behalf. And that's a lot of this. The more this thing drags on, the more I realize I think they would have come to an agreement if he had an agent. Like, it's very simple. Like, Lamar thinks he's worth something special here, which is the... Uh, which is the Deshaun Watson contract. Ultimately, he's not. We all we all can see it. Nobody wants to say it. Ben Roethlisberger said it, and then he got like backlash. But let's be real about this. He's not the type of 
quarterback that will sit from the pocket and throw like Deshaun Watson was. So when you have running quarterbacks that are, you know, predominantly, you know, run first, you've got to basically you don't you don't give like that kind of contract to running quarterback in my opinion. So it is what it is at that point with at this point with Lamar Jackson. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, let's let's be honest. I mean, let's look at the numbers here. Like this is also including the fact that he's never finished a season at this point. But throughout the years, like he he hasn't thrown for like three thousand yards. Like I I don't believe so. I'm just trying to remember off the top of my head here. Um, but he hasn't thrown for three thousand yards. He essentially quit on the team last year down the stretch. Uh, and I saw reports that this was essentially like the deal the Baltimore Ravens offered Lamar, and he turned oh, wow. his nose up at. And and Jalen Hurts signed and signed pretty much the same deal with the with the Philadelphia Eagles. So I mean, this is this is what the Ravens wanted. The Ravens wanted and said, okay, Lamar, go out there and let's see what the market says is your is your value. And the Eagles were kind of like the first one to put the 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 dollar sign on quarterbacks right now. So Lamar has to be able to read the room, whether or not it's with that guy that may or may not be a quasi agent that he has a gym bag, everything in a gym to go in a suitcase. Like they need to be able to read the room and have like an honest conversation with themselves and say, am I really going to get this Deshaun Watson level contract? The answer is no fully guaranteed contracts are not going to happen anytime and anytime soon in the NFL. Uh, unless everyone becomes the, the the Haslam family and just says, you know, to, to hell with everybody. I'm going to do what I want because we're the Cleveland Browns and we're that bad of a situation. Uh, but, you know, this is this is not going to be the norm. Uh, if anyone, if anyone, because now we have quarterbacks coming up, right, for, for extensions. I mean, two is 50-year option got picked up this year. Joe Burrow is in the same draft class. He's going to get paid soon. Uh, Justin Herbert's going to get paid soon. Out of those three, if anyone's asking for a fully guaranteed contract, it's going to be Joe Burrow from the Cincinnati Bengals. Whether or not the Brown family can afford that, because Forbes has them as one of the, you know, air quote, poorest owners in the NFL right now, that's a, that's a story for another day. But Joe Burrow is going to reset this bar because he is going to get paid. Like, it's a fact. Put it, up, put it on the board. Uh, he's going to be the highest paid quarterback within the next 12 to, to 16 months. Yeah. And Lamar's got to look himself in the mirror, man. Like ultimately, you know, I get it. Like he doesn't have an agent, so he's asking for some outlandish stuff. Maybe he's a little out of his element here, but he's got to look in the mirror and he's got to understand who he is as a quarterback. And, you know, there, there's reports out there that agents would actually take on his, like, you know, case or essentially represent him for basically, like, half the cost of the 3% that they usually ask. Like, I can, I can see somebody at this point being like, you know what, I'll just get the publicity out of it. Let me go represent him for, like, a point and a half or maybe even 1%, whatever it is. But I think Lamar just kind of dug in here. I, I think he's basically at this point now where he feels wronged. He feels like the team that drafted him should have given him the money as whatever he was asking. And now I think the, the situation itself is, I think it's beyond repair between the, the Ravens and, and Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I mean, some people are saying out there uh, that this is kind of playing out like the Debo Samuel bit last year and he was pissed and he wanted a new contract and he wanted to get traded. And then ultimately like the 49ers backed up the Brinks truck. Um, I think that, that now is, is different and not to keep harping on the agent thing, but like we said it like three weeks ago, when these negotiations happen, they may love you to your face, but at the end of the day, this is a dollar and cent business here. 
the owners are going to nickel and dime and come up with every reason under the sun as to why they should not pay you what you're asking for. And some people's feelings are going to get hurt. And that is why you pay the 3% to get an agent because that agent also helps you get offers off the field. I mean, honestly, Jay, have you seen, I think I can count one time where I've seen Lamar Jackson in a commercial as a quasi endorsement. And that was when they were pushing that they were peddling the boot, the, the bows like earbuds with, uh, with Patrick Mahomes and a couple other quarterbacks. That's the only time I've ever seen that dude in an ad. I haven't seen him do Oikos like you know Dak Prescott's done. I haven't seen him do State Farm commercials like Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes has done. Like that is where you make up the three percent that you're you're losing on the contract with the with the Baltimore Ravens here. Now the fact that nobody is getting in Lamar's ear and saying how many millions of dollars he's leaving on the table is asinine to me. But that's a podcast for another day. I think this is a win for the Eagles. This is a win for Jalen Hurts. And this is a big fat L for Lamar Jackson. It's a big win for Joe Burrow as well. Exactly. And Justin Herbert. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Herbert. And, you know, two of one, he wins MVP this year. Let's go. Uh, what else do you want to get to, brother man? I mean, there was another report today, Jay, of uh, a quarterback potentially on the move who was just drafted two years ago, and his name's not Zach Wilson. His name is Trey Lance, the pride and joy of uh, North Dakota State. (laughs) Three first-round picks. Yeah, I mean, what's your thoughts, Jay? I mean, uh, you know, we were kind of vocal in in the group chat with Freddie, Freddie Hercules, Freddie Soliotis, Hercules2424, OG of the podcast. I mean, what are what are your thoughts? They they just more than three first rounders. Yeah, listen, you gotta pull the cord. Like you can make mistakes drafting in the NFL. The problem is when you make those mistakes, don't let those mistakes drag on for five years. Like pull the cord. And I think what year two and a half, three years in now, we're starting to realize Trey Lance is not that guy. Simply put, he's not. Like it was a bad mistake. They should have went with Mac Jones in that spot. And now it's simply about let's pull the cord, move on. You know, Brock Purdy's our guy now. If you're three years in Puma and like you still can't throw the ball accurately in practice, in freaking practice, bro, in, in the most quarterback friendly offense in the NFL with uh, Kyle Shanahan and all those weapons and basically people like Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo can have success in that offense. If you can't consistently complete passes in practice, then I'm sorry, you're a lost cause. You simply are not built to play in the NFL. You're built to play in college football, simply put. Yeah, no, spot on. And, you know, the, the, the Arizona Cardinals are a lot of things. They were a lot of things, but I will say not only did they have the onions to do this, but they were right to do this where they drafted Josh Rosen. They saw him for a year and then they pulled the, the, they pulled the plug and they got Kyler Murray. Now. Yeah. We we've said our piece on Kyler Murray, but in like the eight games at the beginning of the season where he normally plays at an MVP type level, you can see why they moved off of Josh Rosen and, Honestly, what is Josh Rosen doing now? Like, is he on? I think last I heard, he was on the Buccaneers practice squad. He might be bagging groceries at my local convenience store. For all I know, uh, you need to have you need to have the 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 real discussion, the cojones to look back and say, yes, we miss on this draft pick horribly with mortgaging three first round draft picks to trade up to to get this guy. But I mean, at the same time, it could also be worse because he could have had Zach Wilson there too who the, the 49ers loved as well. Um, but 
I, I think if we were talking about the soft line, I think this is an attempt for the 49ers to recoup whatever assets they can to make a last minute run at getting Aaron Rodgers in the Bay Area. Now, I will I'll say this. Uh, you know, Craig Carton is a lot of things. Craig Carton's an afternoon host on WFAM with Evan Roberts. Craig is a lot of things, but he put this out there about two weeks ago saying that there is a second team in the wings trying to make an offer to get uh, to get Aaron Rodgers. And he was kind of laying like a thin line towards the Bay Area. And then you have other podcasts like The Athletic coming out saying that the 49ers are in on uh, potentially on Aaron Rodgers being there. I think this is a chance for the 49ers to get whatever assets they can to make a bid to get Aaron Rodgers. Because a couple of days ago, he had Brock Purdy come out saying, uh, mm-hmm. I don't think, you know, yeah. there's a chance I might miss this whole season. Yeah. So if you're going to miss this whole season, and you're, you know, you're taking phone calls on Trey, Trey Lance potentially being out the building, being traded, and you have Sam Darnold in the wings. I know, like, the system is going to make quarterbacks look great. I'm not taking anything away from Brock Purdy because he was a decent quarterback in college at Iowa State. But yeah. if he's not going to be ready in, the, in a week NFC, why wouldn't you make a bid to get Aaron Rodgers? He's going to be there for a year or two tops because he was 90% retired going into a darkness retreat. Why not get him on a rental, essentially, while Brock Purdy is recovering from an elbow injury because the ultimate goal is to win a championship. Kyle Shanahan gets that monkey off his back. Why not? Who cares? I I think you make a good point, Puma. I was thinking about this, uh, you know, a couple days ago. What's it say that Brock Purdy has a basically Tommy John surgery, Mm -hmm. right? A torn UCL, which basically means – you know, he may not be able to throw a football. I, I know the mechanics are a little different of uh, throwing, throwing a baseball and throwing a football, but there, there's, a, there's a small chance he could not play football this year. So the 49ers are down to Trey Lance and Sam Darnold, and they still are taking calls on Trey Lance. Like, what's it say about Trey Lance's ability to play in the NFL? And the 49ers are like, you know what? We'll just ride out with Sam Darnold. How about that? You know, you can go, you can go ahead and, and leave us. Now, ultimately, I really don't know what the 49ers are doing at quarterback because let's say Brock Party is hurt. He's not going to be ready for the middle of the, until the middle of the year. Are you really going to roll into next year with Sam Darnold? Probably not, right? That makes no sense to me. And Aaron Rodgers, you know, he seems to be there for the taking because as this drags on, as the weeks drag on, and if the, if the draft comes and he still doesn't get traded to the Jets, then I think there's a very long fire. Like then, then I think the Jets fans should be worried about Aaron Rodgers potentially not going to New York. Now, finally, I mean, I hate to bring this up, but why don't the 49ers call Tom Brady? Oh, good God. Oh, he's modeling. He's, he's uh, designing men's uh, menswear, right? He came out with like a new T-shirt or something. No, but ultimately, is, it, is that not a perfect fit out there? Like, let's say Aaron Rodgers goes to New York, right? Brock Purdy is still hurt. Trey Lance gets traded. Why isn't Tom Brady being called by, by the Shanahan's? Like, what's happening there? True. I think that's more so like also like an indictment on how bad the NFC is. Right. Like, let's like, let's just be real. Like the system is, you know, essentially like what gave Brock Purdy that boost. Like no disrespect to the guy. There is a reason why you were Mr. Irrelevant, right? Like it's not like an accident. You were down there. Like sure. Scouts missed. I mean, scouts missed on the 199th pick in Tom Brady. So it happens. But like the fact that you're Mr. Irrelevant to 
leading the team to an NFC championship game. And let's be honest, if he wasn't hurt, the result may or may not have been different than what it came out to be. Um, I think that's a testament to that coaching staff and that system that Kyle Shanahan puts out there. And the other thing too, like if you're Aaron Rodgers and you're looking at the NFL landscape, do you want to play in the watered down version of the NFC or do you want to try to make your way through the hell in a cell that is known as the AFC to get to a championship game and to get to a Super Bowl? Because we all know, you know, the all paths are going to go to Arrowhead essentially. Right. And I'm saying that as a guy that loves the Bills and loves the Dolphins and, and loves Josh Allen. Uh, but we've been on here saying that the Bills window is closed. Uh, everything's going to be going through Arrowhead like do you really want to roll that dice or do you kind of want the cakewalk of, Hey, I could actually have an NFC championship game hosted in my stadium at Levi stadium in Santa Clara. I'm not saying it's in San Francisco. It's in Santa Clara, California people. I'm sorry. Why not go that route? And essentially, I was just going to say like, and essentially like this also gives the Packers leverage, right? Because now there's another suitor and they can tell Joe Douglas and Woody Johnson to stop dicking around. Like you have up until this point, and the negotiations are off. We have another suitor. So let's let's walk uh, walk down this playoff picture, right? So you got the Jets with Aaron Rodgers. You got to go through Kansas City Chiefs. You got to go through the Buffalo Bills. You got to go through Josh Allen. You got to go through Patrick Mahomes. You got to go through Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Let's say Lamar Jackson's back with the Ravens and he's engaged. You got to go through them. You've got to go through Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Oh, uh, Miami. Thank you. Miami Dolphins and Tua. Um, you've got to go through Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars. You've got to go through Deshaun Watson, the Cleveland Browns, who I am very high on this year. You heard it here. You heard it here first, people. Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns are going to be good this year. And the Sean Payton-led, not, not Russell Wilson-led, Sean Payton-led Denver Broncos are also going to be really good. They're going to be a tough out. So you're eight, nine teams deep in into the playoff picture. that are going to be uphill battles. In the NFC, you've got the Eagles and who? Right, if you're the 49ers and you've got Aaron Rodgers on your team, you've got to go through the defending NFC West NFC champion, the Eagles, and then who else? Who else is out there? The Vikings, get out of here. You've got the Lions. Like, who else is out there now that Tom Brady's retired from the Buccaneers? That's going to pose any threat besides the Eagles. So, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I am doing whatever I can to somehow end up in San Fran with that roster, with that quarterback-friendly offense, with the, all those weapons. I'm trying to get out there because that's his best shot to win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. No, 100%. 100%. Honestly, like, I'm just here for the chaos that's going to be yeah. my off the office that I work in and the people on WFAN calling in. Because today, today was fantastic listening to Tiki and Tierney with all of, like, the Jets fans that were already either resigned to doom and knowing that this is not going to happen because it's, it's the Jets and they're going to Oh, really? It's, it's it set in? Oh, like, New York has oh, set in, Jay, in New York? It was like... It was almost 50-50. You had people that were like already ex- at the acceptance stage and moving yeah. on from Aaron Rodgers. And then you yeah. had people with like blind hope, you know, with throwing like holy water on themselves, holding a cross while they're on the phone, uh, you know, talking in, uh, talking with uh, Tiki Barber and, and Brandon Tierney. I mean, it was great. And Brandon Tierney kind of lost it on the air, like blaming Woody Johnson for all this. Oh, it was it's great. Nothing's happened Woody- yet. Because Woody Johnson came out a couple of days ago saying he was starting to get cold feet about, oh, this, really? about this whole – Oh, yeah. Wait, wait, oh, wait. Woody yeah. Johnson said that? So Woody Johnson said that there's a chance that Aaron Rodgers could not end up as a, as a New York Jet. Oh, my God. He's getting, I, he's I didn't realize that. I think he actually put it on Twitter. If I recall correctly, I haven't had a chance to go back and look, but 
it was it might have been like last week either an interview or on a tweet where he mentioned like you know as this the longer this drags on the longer he's getting cold feet because he remembers like everyone else that watched the pat mcafee show that aaron Rodgers said he was essentially 90 percent retired uh, before mm-hmm. he went into that darkness retreat when he came out he said i intend to play for the jets mm-hmm. That's it. He now, it that way. Now, Aaron Rodgers, we all know that he is a wordsmith and has different definitions for what words may mean. Intend is different than I will play for the New York Jets or I will, you know, I guarantee I will be on that roster. So you have Woody Johnson saying he has cold feet. And then 14 days ago, you have the general manager, Joe Douglas, on a live event for boomer and geo the morning show on wfan when boomer sison asked when you know when's aaron Rodgers getting here and joe douglas says we're gonna get our guy so you have the gm and the owner saying two different things in less than a two-week time span this is the most jetsian thing that could happen to the new york jets so if anyone knows a jets fan you might want to call them and check in and see how they're doing and see if they're at the acceptance stage. And maybe light a candle for them to hope that this trade goes through. So, God forbid, nothing bad happens. I got to call my buddy Ryan Sweeney and see how he's doing. Yes. <laughs> for real? Uh, oh, man. That'd be some funny stuff. Um, okay, sir. Anything else you want to get to? You want to call it a day? I think, I think I'm good. Unless you got something before, you want to touch on. Before we go, we got Kevin dropping a, a smiley face in the comment section. So, what up, Kevin? Good seeing you, bro. What up, man. Kev? I like how you went all white girl there for a second. Like, what up, Kev? What up, Kev? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> Kev, what do you think is going to happen in the draft? What I wonder what Kevin thinks is going to happen in the draft. Like, does he think the Pats are going to get flowers? Or does he think they're, they're going to get a quarterback? Or, you know, Bill Belichick is going to mortgage everything and get Lamar Jackson? I wonder I wonder what he thinks that the, the Pats are going to do in the draft this year. I will. I will keep monitoring the uh, the comments. See if he's uh, if he's still watching. He might be watching at work. You know, it is it is like still like well three p.m. out there on the west coast. So <laughs> who needs a job? It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, other than that, you want to plug it up and call it a day, brother man? Yeah, we'll plug it up and get out of here. This episode of the pod and previous episodes of the Pro Football Radio Podcast can be found on Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever else you get your podcasts at. YouTube, be sure to subscribe and hit the little bell button. You'll be notified when we have live videos like this. Uh, Google Podcasts, be sure to leave a five-star review. Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a five-star review as well, too. I don't know how the algorithm works with the AI that may or may not be taking over the world pretty soon, but somehow it helps us with the exposure. So leave five-star reviews. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Social media wise, Facebook, Instagram, Pro Football Radio Podcast, the Twitter machine at PFR Podcast. I'm on Twitter at Brando underscore Puma. J Chima, the captain of the ship on the ones and the twos, is at J Chima. Like, subscribe, download, hit us up on social media. The DMs are open. And, uh, you know, happy draft season. Uh, you know, I, I can't wait to see Jay's reaction to what the Pats do. Hopefully it's not like what it was a couple of years ago when they took Mac Jones and had to take the sharp uh, sharp objects away. But uh, hopefully it's a, it's a good night for everybody. Yeah, that was a rough last year, oh, a couple of years yeah. ago. But yeah, imagine imagine if they trade up and they take AR fifteen. Oh my god, dude! I'd be I'm not even a big AR fifteen fan. I'd be like I'd be losing my mind. Thank God. <laughs> Praise I, to heaven. Enjoy a draft. We'll talk to you guys afterwards. Go Pats. Via Condios.